Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. You know what time it is, ladies. We are back for another behind-the-scenes real-life chat. But first, I really hope you enjoyed last week's episode. It was a special one. It was a birthday episode. I shared my top 10 biggest lessons and breakthroughs from my 37th year. So if you have not listened to that episode. Either press pause on this one and go listen to that one now, or when you're done listening to this one, go back and listen to that one. I re-listened to it. I really, really enjoyed going deeper with this one and opening up and sharing these lessons. And I would highly recommend doing this on your birthday. Sit down and reflect back on the previous year and think about what you learned. What are your takeaways? What are your lessons? Because when we really reflect on those things, That's when we're able to integrate that new knowledge and move forward and build upon what we are learning. You're going to continue to learn the same lessons over and over again until you actually learn the lesson. So let's take time each year to learn these lessons. So again, today we've got another behind the scenes real life chat. I've got six things written down here to chat with you about on a variety of topics and I'm excited. So let's dive right in. I wanted to start off with some product reviews because I have been influenced lately. I have been so influenced. I've been influenced by people on Instagram. I've been influenced by ads. Some of the things have been great. Some of the things have not been great. So I wanted to share those with you. So I have been listening to Shalene Johnson's podcast, The Shalene Show. She has a couple of podcasts, I believe, but I really enjoy her, The Shalene Show podcast, because a lot of it is just like this behind-the-scenes, real-life stuff. She does one of those episodes every week and then I think the other episode she does each each week is more of an educational episode, but I just she is hilarious. If you want a very lighthearted episode to listen to, I would highly recommend her show and listening to those episodes. I believe she publishes her behind the scenes like real life chat episodes on Fridays. So I've been listening to a lot of those because she was traveling through Europe. So her and her husband had decided to travel this entire year. And all summer she's been traveling through Europe, but it's just hilarious. It is hilarious to listen to her stories, her experiences in Europe. She holds nothing back. 
And so I've been listening to hers and she has a huge podcast. So she does all of these ads and recommendations. And I was introduced to Shalene Johnson through Beachbody. And I just, I don't know, I've always trusted her. And so I found myself being heavily influenced by her and some of the things she was talking about in these ads. And so I wanted to talk about two of them with you guys. One is Organifi and the other is Blissy. So I kept hearing this ad on her podcast about Organifi, 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 and two of their products that she recommended. One is called Focus, and I don't even know what the other one is called. I have them both in my pantry. I lie. I just pressed pause and went and actually got the products. So one is called Pure, and one is called Immunity Original. I think it's called Immunity Original. But she was raving about these two products and Pure is made for mental clarity and digestion and Immunity is made to help support your immune system. And I was like, great, like I need that. Mental clarity and digestion, sign me up. Helping to support your immune system. Hello, I have two kids that are going to be going back to school. And you all know what that means, especially as winter starts to roll around, all the illnesses come out, and I can use all the immune support that I can get over here because I hate being sick. So she was just raving about how great these two products taste and they are in powder form so when you order them they come in these little packets and you just mix them with water and she was talking about how refreshing and light they taste and how or uh pure has this like light lemony citrus flavor and immunity has this orange flavor and I'm like that sounds amazing. I drink a pre-workout drink called Energize. I've been drinking it for years. It is truly phenomenal. It is my caffeine of choice. I do not drink coffee anymore, like ever. Sometimes I have matcha, like matcha tea lattes, but I every morning drink Energize. It's an all-natural, like pick-me-up, basically, pre-workout drink. And the one, the flavor that I love is the lemon flavor, and it's very, very refreshing. And so I'm thinking, okay, this, the one pure is like a lemon citrus flavor. The other one is an orange flavor. She talked about mixing them together. I'm like, this is going to be so good. And it's so good for me. So hello, influenced, I buy the products. I buy the pure and the immunity, and I mix them together, and Chalene is not that good. I know everyone has different taste buds, but I do not think that it tastes very good. But I like want to drink it because I know that it's good for me. So I'm like having this like inner struggle because it does not taste that great. I think it tastes kind of chalky. It's definitely not very refreshing. It's not like light and citrusy. It's just, it does not taste great. I think one of them kind of maybe tastes like like an iced tea and I'm just not really a fan of 
that flavor. I've never ordered iced teas. So again, everyone's taste buds are different. But like I was expecting lemon energized taste, that kind of citrusy, and this is nothing near that. So I haven't drank it enough to decide whether it actually helps with mental clarity and digestion. And we haven't really gotten into that time of the year where my immune system does get challenged. So I don't even know if these work. And I don't think they taste that great. But I'm probably going to keep chugging them because I don't want to watch them just sit on the shelf in my pantry. So maybe in a couple months or maybe in like a month, probably a couple months because it's probably going to take me a bit to get through these because I just, the flavor is not great. I will come back on here and do a review and see, let you guys know if I noticed any sort of a difference. But this one, I just, I disagree, Shaleen. I disagree. I do not think that this tastes great. I know Organifi has a ton of different products. So maybe I just need to go on there and try some other ones. I know they have a greens. Or if you guys have products that are for mental clarity and digestion and immune support that you love, that you think tastes great, these are um, all non-GMO USDA organic. So they are very healthy for you. And that is a requirement for me. It has to be like really solid, good ingredients. But I'm open. If you guys have something you love, shoot me a message on Instagram. I, if you're looking for something that tastes really, really good, I would not recommend either of these products because I just, I do not think they taste great. So that is my first product review. The second product that Shaleen influenced me to buy was a silk pillowcase. So I have hair extensions. If you've been following me for a while, you probably know that. I have had hair extensions for over two years now. My hair is just not great. I've never had great hair. It's thin, it's fine. And I always just had hair envy for women who had this thick, like luxurious hair. So I have hair extensions. I don't know if I'll have a hair extension the rest of my life. I think I probably will on and off because I just love them so much and it feels like me and I don't mind them. But my hair dresser, my hair extension specialist, that's what I should call her, my hair extension specialist has talked on and off about these silk pillowcases. And you guys, first off, does it really work? Like, okay, I've been influenced. I bought the Blissey silk pillowcase and I bought even the pillowcase spray to go with it, which I really do like. I should press pause and go get that because I really do like that. Hold on one second. Okay, we are back. I did not come prepared for this episode, apparently. So it's the Blissey Pillow Mist number four. It's lemongrass and eucalyptus. And I really like this. What you do is you spray it directly onto your pillow, like the actual pillow, and then you put the pillow in the pillowcase. You don't have to spray it on every night. It only takes like two sprays and it lasts for quite a while, but it just smells absolutely incredible. So highly recommend the Blissey Pillow Mist number four, again, which is the lemongrass and eucalyptus. And 
they do have other um, scents. So I really, really recommend that. I got the Blissey Silk Pillowcase and I like it. It's very comfortable. I enjoy sleeping on it, but my head is like, does this really work? Like, does it really help your hair? Is this really going to help my hair be healthier? I have tried everything under the sun to make my hair healthier. The only time my hair has been really healthy, honestly, I think is when I was pregnant and shortly after having my children, just because you don't lose as much hair. So my hair was really thick. Like you have different hormones going on in your body. Like my hair loved pregnancy and postpartum until it all fell out. I had horrible postpartum hair loss, which is what led me to get hair extensions. I did use a product that really was helping my hair to grow called, I think it's Nioxin. It's a shampoo and conditioner that is meant to really help your hair. But you're not supposed to use that when you have hair extensions. So my only, the only thing I could probably do to really, really, really help my hair is to take my extensions out and start using that product again. But my hair is never going to be as thick as it is with hair extensions in. So again, I will probably have hair extensions on and off for the rest of my life. (laughs) until, I don't know, until I don't know when. But I did get the Blissey pillowcase. It is very comfortable. I love the pillow mist. I'm just not quite sure if it actually does anything or not. So if you know of research that shows that silk pillowcases actually make your hair healthier and prevent your hair from falling out, I would love to see that. But that was another one I got influenced on. Again, I really like it. I just don't know if it's doing anything. And then the third one, and this wasn't from an influencer or seeing someone else talk about this, but I did see an ad on, I can't remember if it was Instagram or Facebook, but this ad got me and it's for Rowan, R-O-W-A-N. It's a newer clothing company. And I saw an ad for their Dylan dress. And it's like the perfect summer dress. I will post a photo of it when this episode airs so you guys can see what it looks like. I actually just ordered it in two colors. The one thing I will say is it is very expensive. So it is very pricey, but I love it. It is so comfortable, this particular dress. They have other clothing. I've only ordered this particular dress, the Dylan, and I have really, really loved it, but it is a pretty penny. So it's an investment, ladies, to get these dresses. But I was influenced by their ad, and I was like, who am I? I'm usually not influenced. I usually don't just buy things impulsively on Instagram or Facebook after seeing an ad or hearing someone talk about it. But lately I have just been influenced and I recently was influenced from a Facebook ad for a bra. So I'm not going to share the brand because I haven't even gotten it yet. But once I get it and I wear it, I will 
talk about it and I'll let you guys know if it's worth it. So I wanted to start off with my little product reviews for the things that I've been influenced on because I know you guys are all influenced as well. And you always wonder, does this stuff really work? Does it really taste like that? Is it really that great? Or are they just blowing smoke up my butt? Well, some I feel like they're blowing smoke up my butt. Other ones, they're legit. So wanted to just start off the episode with that those lighthearted product reviews. Let's talk about, let's mark that off so I don't forget. Let's talk about green lights. So is it green lights or green light? I'm not sure. But I ordered Matthew McConaughey's autobiography and called Green Lights. I think it's Green Lights. And I read it and I thought it was fantastic. Oh my gosh. I've always liked Matthew McConaughey, but after reading this book, I like him even more. He is just such a an incredible human being. I love that he has experienced so many different things in his life. I love that his upbringing is what I would consider very much out of alignment with how people say you're supposed to parent these days and yet he turned into this incredible man and I think it is just it's very different than what is often put out there these days and it was very refreshing that's what it was his book was very refreshing I loved how he you know he did struggle with fame he struggled with finding himself I love how he was always up for an adventure, how he lived in a camp, his um, camper for quite a few years, his Airstream camper. Um, he also lived in the Chateau Marmont for like a year and a half. I just love how diverse his experience has been and how many different things he was willing to try, the places that he traveled. He seems so carefree and I won't go into any more depth, but I would just highly recommend this book. I thought it was a great read. Once I got into it, I read it very quickly. Again, it only took me a few days, definitely less than a week when I got into it. And I really, really enjoyed reading it. And there are some good, there are good, some good takeaways. There are some good life lessons, some great things that he shares. And I, yeah. I just wanted to let you guys know that I really enjoyed that book and I would highly recommend that book. So let's talk about the wedding that I went to this past weekend because there were a couple things that came out of that. First, I drank. I drank, guys. I drank at this wedding. And I typically don't drink much anymore. Like, I rarely have more than two glasses of wine at any point in the evening. Usually it's one. Sometimes it's one and I don't even finish it. Most of the time I don't finish my drink. I'll order a drink and I don't end up finishing it, whether it's a glass of wine or a cocktail. And I never feel pressured to finish it. So usually if I'm having a drink, it's one drink and sometimes it's not even one. Sometimes if I'm on a roll, it's two. My husband does not drink, so I always have a designated driver. Most people would drive after having two drinks. I don't usually, just because my husband doesn't drink at all. But at this wedding, 
I got on a bit of a roll and I had five drinks, which sounds like a lot, but it was over like six hours, I want to say. Yeah. We started at five was when cocktail hour started and then we left the wedding at like 11 p.m. So it was a six hour span. So, you know, less than a drink an hour, but I'm not used to drinking anymore. So I had one old fashioned, which is definitely like a stronger drink. And then I had two glasses of wine and during the champagne toast, I had my glass of champagne and my husband's glass of champagne because he doesn't drink. So that's what I drank, which some of you listening to this might be like, that's a lot. Others might be like, that's nothing. I I don't really care. Like, I'm fine with it. (laughs) But my body was not that happy with me. I woke up the next morning. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and my stomach was like, you do not need this much alcohol in your tummy, Lauren, because it was not happy. It was just upset. Like, I just did not feel good. I didn't ever feel like I was going to throw up, but I could just tell that, like, it almost felt like that gut rot feeling. If you know what that is, it's not a great feeling. And that's what it felt like. And I was like, oh, no. And I started getting a headache. Whenever I drink champagne, I get a headache. So I woke up, and my tummy wasn't feeling great, and I had a headache, I took a couple of leave. I went back to bed. I chugged a bunch of water and I was chugging water before we even left because I knew that I probably wasn't going to feel great the next day. And then I was chugging water in the middle of the night and I woke up and I wasn't like super hungover. I mean, I was still fully functional. We went out in our boat. We were out in our boat by like 930 in the morning with the kids and but I was definitely not feeling 100%. And I was like, wow. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I drank a lot, you guys. I had a lot of fun in my early and mid-20s. In college, after college, I moved out to LA and we partied. We partied, we went clubbing, we had a blast. And you know what? If you're gonna do it, that's the time of life to do it, I think. And I did it. And I drank a ton. And I have no idea how I survived. Like, I have no idea how my body did not just, like, completely shut down. Because I had five drinks over six hours on Saturday night. And I was like, yep, don't need to do that again anytime soon. And I wasn't even, like, really hungover. I just was, like, slightly hungover. (laughs) And I was like, ah, yes, that's right. This is not that fun. It was fun in the moment, but it wasn't that much fun after. So here we are. I'm 38 now. And yes, that kind of drinking just is not something that I do on a regular basis for a reason. It's time to let you guys in on a special summer offer, one-on-one human design chart readings. A human design chart reading is going to help you understand how you're ideally meant to operate in life and business, why you are the way you are, what your natural gifts and strengths are, and where you have taken on conditioning and are operating in a way that is out of alignment with your design, creating resistance and struggle so that you can begin operating in a way that's in alignment, which is going to help you create more success, 
more abundance, and more joy with much more ease. You're going to walk away with a much deeper understanding of yourself and your unique energetic roadmap. For more details and to book your human design chart reading, all you have to do is scroll down to the show notes and click the link so that we can get you operating in alignment with your unique human design. But another thing that happened at the wedding, which again is just like this stuff always amazes me and yet it doesn't surprise me. So we're at the wedding and we look up our table number and we're at a table and I end up sitting next to, so it's all guys at this table and me. So I end up sitting next to this guy who I had met before but never had like really talked to and so we're sitting next to each other and all of a sudden Brady goes, Lauren, so-and-so is actually training for an Ironman. You guys, you know this. I said I'm going to train for a half Ironman. That is my goal for next year. I'm getting into triathlon. I've talked about this on my previous episodes. But I was like, are you kidding me? How incredible that I am at this wedding sitting next to someone who's going to be doing an Ironman in three weeks. So I got to sit next to him and talk to him for hours about triathlon training. And I was like, I could not have sat next to a more perfect person at this wedding. I learned so much. He was giving me all of his recommendations for equipment, for supplements he uses, for how to train for um, even someone he knows that could fit me to my bike properly. Like he was just this wealth of knowledge because he's been training for this Ironman this entire year. And I was like, thank you, universe, thank you. Like what are the odds that at this wedding, I'm at a table with this person and I end up sitting next to him and he ends up being the person who's training for an Ironman as I'm getting into triathlon. And it just goes to show that when you set an intention and you declare that intention, the universe moves mountains to bring you people to help you follow through on that intention. But you need to be aware of it and you need to take advantage of it. And so this was such an incredible opportunity for me to connect with someone who is going through something that I am going to be going through and that I can connect with throughout my journey of training. I have no intention of doing a full Ironman at this point. I don't think my body would hold up for that, but I'm excited to uh, get into the training and reach out to him when I need to for support and help and tips. And I I just love when things like that happen. And they always put a smile on my face. And so you guys, set your intentions. Declare your intentions. Start taking action towards those things. Obviously, I've taken action toward training for a triathlon. Like I bought the bike, I've bought the equipment, I'm starting to do these things. So the universe can see like she's serious. And then the universe starts arranging things to help you on your journey. So set the intention, start taking action, and then see what shows up. This was such a pleasant surprise and something that I just had to share with you guys. So let's 
we got those couple of things out of the way and I've already been talking for a long time. So I wanted to talk about two more serious things. Which one do I want to start with? Okay, let's start with this one because this one happened. This was a conversation I had at the wedding as well. So once the dance floor opened up, Brady and I went outside. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. And we're like, let's just go outside and talk. So we're we're outside and we're talking, just the two of us at a table. And a friend of ours walks up and he was like, can I join you? And we're like, sure. So we're talking. And this friend has two kids as well, a little bit younger than my kids. I think they're one and three. And so we're just talking about parenthood. And we were talking about whether or not you're going to have more kids. And I said, you know, Brady and I are done. We are definitely done. We do not want any more children. We're good. And he was talking about how him and his wife were having a similar conversation and how he had scheduled, you know, a certain kind of a doctor's appointment to go in because they were like, convinced that we're, they were done because they were going through a really hard season with their two children. And that is a really hard season, you guys. When you have two toddlers, one and three, it is so challenging. It is such a challenging phase. And he said, you know, when he was in this appointment, the doctor said to him, like, just make sure you are certain that you want to be done because this is permanent. Like it's very hard to reverse this procedure that we're going to do. And that got him really questioning things. And so I just shared with him kind of my philosophy around making decisions like this. What I believe is I believe that we put so much pressure on ourselves to know now and to make decisions now. I think that we rush a lot of our decisions. A lot of our like really important decisions and big decisions, we don't give them the time necessary to really explore what we truly desire. And if you dive into human design, pretty much every way of making decisions, which is your authority. So your or not your authority, well, your authority and your strategy are your kind of combination of your way of making decisions. So my strategy is waiting to respond. That's the strategy of a manifesting generator. Well, it's wait to respond, inform, and initiate because it's a combination of a manifester and a generator. So your strategy is specific to your type in human design. Each type has its own strategy. But your authority is not necessarily is not tied to your type. There are a variety of authorities and the same types can have different authorities. So my authority is an emotional authority. So waiting to respond means that I magnetize things to me. So I'm supposed to wait for things to come to me. And then I'm supposed to use my authority, my emotional authority, to make a decision. And that means for me, feeling into all of the emotions of that decision, which means not being in a rush. Like the saying for an emotional authority is, when in doubt, wait it out. (laughs) 
wait. Don't rush it. Feel all of the emotions around this decision because what ends up happening when we rush decisions is we either make them from a moment of really high emotion or a moment of really low emotion. And you don't want to make your decisions from either place. You want to make your decisions from a place of emotional clarity. That is if you're an emotional authority. Now there is a sacral authority, there's a splenic authority, there's different kinds of authorities, and they all have different ways of making decisions. Now some some people are meant to make decisions very quickly. Like if you have a sacral authority, you're meant to tune into your gut and intuition and make a pretty quick decision. If you have a splenic authority, you also are meant to make pretty quick decisions. You're not meant to overthink things. But with an emotional authority, you are meant to, again, really feel the wave of emotions and wait until you reach emotional clarity. And there are a lot of people who are emotional authorities. So if you're wondering, like, well, I don't know what authority I am. Like, I don't know how I'm meant to make decisions. I'm intrigued now. I would love to understand how I'm meant to interact with the world, which is your strategy. Like I said, mine is wait to respond, inform, and initiate. And then I would love to understand how I'm meant to make decisions. That is something that we can really dive deeply into in a human design chart reading. So you can find the link for that in the show notes. You can click, you can schedule a human design chart reading. What I do is I will pull your human design chart. I'll create this beautiful summary. Then we will get on a 60 minute call and we will dive into your human design and I will explain your human design to you in depth and we can talk about how you actually live in alignment with your design. But anyway, so... I feel like a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves to make decisions in the moment. And again, some authorities are meant to, but specifically if you have an emotional authority, if you have a sounding board authority, if you have a lunar authority, you need to wait. And so I shared this with him because he was he was saying, you know, after the doctor said, like, this is permanent. Are you sure this is what you want? Are you, make sure you are sure that you are ready to be done. He was like, no, I'm not so sure. I said, what is the, what would be bad about waiting? What would the negatives be of waiting to decide? Because here's what I did when after we had our second. So after we had our second, I thought going into having our second, we were planning on having three children. So when we got married, I thought I wanted four. Then we had one. Then I thought we I wanted three. Then we had two. <laughs> and then we ended up stopping. But after we had Avery, I said, I know I don't want to have a third as close together as I had the first two. So Mason and Avery are 19 months apart, which is pretty darn close together. And I knew that I did not want to have a third child that was that close. So I knew I wanted to wait for a little while. And and then after we got to the point where it was like, okay, there was like two years, it would have been like two years between Avery and a third child. I was like, you know what? I don't really feel like I want a third child right now. 
And everyone kept asking, not everyone, but people would ask, like, are you guys going to have a third? Are you going to have a third? And I always would just say, I don't know. We don't know. Like some some days we think yes, some th- days we think no. Depends on kind of the phase we're in. De- depends on the mood we're in. And But I always said, you know what? I'm not going to put pressure on myself to make a decision like that. I'll know when I know. I know there's going to be a moment when I'll know. And I'm not going to rush it. I'll know when I know. And there was a moment, you guys, when I knew. And it was in January of 2021. So Avery was three because she was born in 2018. Yes, Avery was three. So Avery was three. Mason was four and a half. He was going to be five in a couple of months. And we were in Florida. And we went to the beach. We were on the beach in Marco Island. And we had the most magnificent beach day. Like Brady and I sat in beach chairs, the kids played, they had their little floaties on, they didn't need us to go in the water with them, it was very shallow, it was so enjoyable, it was such an enjoyable day, and as we were walking down the beach to leave, we passed a family, and they had this big tent set up, and it was not just mom and dad, but it was like grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, then mom and dad, and their two kids. And their two kids were younger than our kids. They had a baby who was, I don't know, maybe like eight, nine, ten months, something like that. Maybe even a little older than that. And then they had a child that was probably two, two and a half. And the mom, like I think grandma was holding the two-year-old and then the mom was like wrestling the baby in the sand trying to get like a diaper off of him and I just looked at her and I was like I'm done I know that I'm done there is no part of me that wants to go back to that phase again like we just had the most magnificent beach day and I don't want to I don't want to go back to that where you're like worried about all the sand and diapers and the sand and kids putting sand in their mouths and running around and like you have to chase them everywhere. I was like, I'm just done. Like, I don't want that anymore. We've done that phase and I'm over that phase. And I knew, but you guys, that was three years after I had Avery. So wait for clarity. Do not be scared to wait for clarity. And again, this can be dependent upon your authority within your human design. But especially if you have authorities that are not like more instantaneous authorities, don't be scared to wait for clarity. And it could take a while. Like we're talking three years here. It took me, but I think you really, it's really important to trust and have faith and surrender to knowing that there's going to be a moment when you know, and again, not being in such a rush. I talked about this in the last episode. That was one of the lessons that I learned in 37 was not to be in such a rush. And I feel like everyone is in such a rush. We rush our decisions. We make decisions at emotional highs. We make decisions at emotional lows that we then regret because we didn't have emotional clarity. So when in doubt, don't be scared to wait. Like 
don't be scared to wait and trust that the answer will come when it's meant to come. And this has really, really served me very well, especially as an emotional authority. So if you're an emotional authority, this is how you're meant to operate. This is how you're meant to make decisions. And what you're going to find is oftentimes you make decisions in emotional highs or emotional lows, and then you find that those decisions aren't actually in alignment with what you want. So it's okay to wait for clarity. It's okay to wait. It's okay to not know. It's okay to not know how long it's going to take for you to know. It's okay. It's okay. We don't have to be in such a rush to make these big decisions. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And then the last thing I want to talk about is fear. I want to talk about teaching our kids to navigate fear. So we are doing this a lot right now with our kids. Again, my kids are six and four and a half, almost five. So they're in that phase right now of trying lots of things, right? We're trying lots of new things. And this has been very present in my mind this summer as they're really learning how to water ski and now wake surf. So both of my kids started water skiing. I'm putting that in air quotes because it's not quite fully like water skiing when they were very young. So Avery did it for the first time when she was two. Mason did it for the first time when he was three. And I put it in air quotes because nowadays your kids can learn how to water ski without really actually having to water ski. Like they have kid skis that are tied together and the rope is tied to the skis. So they don't even have to really, like the rope doesn't actually pull them. The rope pulls the skis and someone is holding on to the opposite end of the rope. So if they fall, you can just let go of the rope and they can start from shore. So they don't even really get wet and you just kind of like guide them off. And that's how my kids got comfortable on skis. But like, that's not how you water ski as an adult. (laughs) You have to start off in the water. You're holding the rope. The skis are not tied together. The rope is not tied to the skis. The rope pulls you and you have to get up. So Mason is learning how to do that this year. And so that has taken practice. And so him being an oldest, like he can get very frustrated if he doesn't learn things immediately. And so we've had a lot of conversations and I feel like this is my job as a parent. And this is your job as a parent, honestly. And I know that's a bold statement to make, but like this is our our job as parents is to teach our children how to navigate this world. And so I feel like it is my job to teach him that just because you don't get something the first try doesn't mean you can't be great at it. Like you have to practice. So we talk a lot about practice and Mason is a generator. So when he is struggling, he feels frustration. No, he feels anger. No, he feels frustration. He feels frustration. Um, Anger is a manifester. So he feels frustration and he gets frustrated very easily when he's not good at something right away. So we've had a lot of conversations, especially as he's learning how to do these new things, about like it takes practice. You have to keep 
practicing. The more you try, the better you're going to get. And I always talk about how I learned how to wake surf. And I think it's the coolest thing that my kids saw me learn how to wake surf because I was not good, you guys. It took me at least 20 tries to get up on a wake surfing board. I was, I did not get it right away. And so I think that's a good thing because I can always say now, remember how you watched mommy learn how to wake surf? You remember how many times I fell? Do you remember how many times I had to get up and try again and try again and try again? And yes, I felt frustrated. And yes, I was angry, but I kept trying and eventually I got it. So we talk about that a lot. And we talked about it just last night because he is now learning how to get up on a wake surfing board. And last night was his first try and he was getting frustrated right away because he wasn't getting it right away. And we were like, Mason, this is just practice. Like we have to practice. And every time you practice, you're going to get a little bit better. So we talk about that a lot. But the other thing we talk about all the time is fear and feeling fear and how it's okay to be scared but it's not okay to let fear hold you back. So what I want to teach my kids is I want to teach them self-confidence. I want to teach them to be confident enough in themselves to feel fear and do it anyway. So we talk about fear a lot. And I'll say, are you feeling scared? Are you feeling nervous? And Mason will say, yes, I'm feeling nervous or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling scared and I'll say that's okay it's okay to feel scared it's okay to feel nervous it's okay to feel anxious anytime you're doing something new that you've never done before or you've only done once or twice before you're going to feel scared because you've never done it you're going to feel fear and I'm normalizing I'm helping them normalize these feelings it's okay to be scared It's okay to feel fear. It's okay to feel those things. I feel those things. Mommy feels those things as an adult. It's okay to feel those things. And we still try, right? Like we feel fear and then we go. We feel nervous, but we do it. We feel anxious and we do it. And so I'm teaching them how to identify these feelings, how to feel these feelings, and to then have the self-confidence and know that even though they're feeling these feelings, they can still do the thing. And again, I think it's our job to, I think it's our job to push them as parents. And there is a fine line here with this. And you know, like as a parent, I feel like you know when it's okay to push and when it's not okay to push. I will be honest and tell you that the first time Mason skied, he was bawling his eyes out. Like he was crying. He was screaming. He was crying. He didn't want to do it. And I was like, you're doing it. Like you're just going to do it. And there have been times when Avery has done the same thing. Not the first time she did it, but times after the first time, even this year when she's done it for two years where she was just screaming and crying and saying she didn't want to do it. And I was like, You've already done it. You know how to do it. You're going to do it. And that, again, is a fine line that I think only you as a parent know when you can push and when you can't. Like, you know what your children are capable of and what they're not. And I would never put my children in danger. Um, 
I always push them when I know they can do it and they're the ones second guessing themselves. But Avery, this year was screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, you're going, like you're going. And I pushed her off and she went and immediately after she started going on the skis, she was smiling and happy and wanted to do it again. And I know her, so I knew that that's what was going to happen if I just got her through that initial like outburst of fear. But I think all too often, I see parents who don't push their kids and who don't talk about fear and don't help them gain that self-confidence by showing them that even though they're scared, they can do something, right? And this is such an important quality that we want to instill in our children because this is something that is going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Not a single one of you listening to this can't tell me that you haven't felt fear in your adult life as an entrepreneur, as a career-driven woman, as someone who's wanting to try something new. We all feel fear. You all you feel fear throughout your entire life. And I never want fear to hold me back. Because I would be holding my back myself back from incredible things if I let fear run the show. So I, as an adult, and my parents did a great job of doing this for me when I was little, of giving me the self-confidence and pushing me and helping me learn how to navigate fear. But I see children who have not been taught this. And the moment they're scared, they won't do it. And I think that is such a disservice that we're doing to our kids. Like I, I fully believe that that is one of our jobs as parents is to teach our children how to navigate fear, how to recognize fear, how to learn about fear, and then how to push through fear and how to try something new. And the more they do that, especially as younger kids, the more they feel fear and you talk about it and then they do something despite feeling nervous, anxious, or fearful, the more they're going to gain self-confidence. And the more, and then the next time they come back, they're going to know, okay, the last time I did something new, I felt this. I was scared, but I did it and I was okay. And then they do it again. And they're building that muscle of being able to tackle fears. And so, yes, I believe it's our job as parents to push our kids. I also believe it's your job as a parent to know when you can push and when it's time to back off. And I've definitely there have definitely been times when I've backed off, when I've said, okay, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it today. That's fine. It's a balancing act. It's a tightrope that we walk. Sometimes you push, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you push, sometimes you don't. And as a parent, it's your job to decide when it's appropriate to and when it's not appropriate to. But I think that we have to push sometimes. And we have to help our kids see that they can do things despite being scared, that they'll be okay, that they will survive, that they they are capable of doing that. And in doing that, again, it builds that self-confidence. And I don't know about you, but I want my children to have self-confidence as they grow. 
I want them to be confident in themselves. I want them to know that they can tackle their fears. I want them to know that even if they're feeling nervous or anxious, that they are capable of doing something because I never want fear to hold them back. So I really wanted to touch on that because that is a really like big priority that I have as a parent. It's a cornerstone of my parenting philosophy and it's cool it's really cool now to already see the effect that it's having on them and to see them talk about being scared. You know, my son, he will blatantly, he will come out and I'll be like, "How are you feeling?" He'll be like, "I'm feeling anxious." I'm feeling a little bit nervous, mom, because I've never done this before. And I'm like, that is great, bud. Like, of course you're feeling nervous. Of course you're feeling anxious, like completely normalizing it. Of course you're feeling a little bit of fear. You've never done it before. I feel fear every time I do something new. I'm a little bit scared. And that's okay. But the more you do it, the less you're going to feel fear. And so it's really cool with him being almost six and a half now to see how this has helped him and to see him feel so confident in himself and to be able to go out and and try new things and tackle those fears. And it's really cool to see Avery doing the same thing. She's just a little bit behind him. But I really, like, I wanted to talk about that with you because it's been just so top of mind this summer as they've tried all of these new things. So... That is what I'm going to leave you with, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this behind-the-scenes real-life chat episode. I think I'm going to do one more of these at least before we dive back into uh, The Wealthy Woman and more human design and more educational episodes because I know you love these. These are going to always be a part of the podcast. They might not be as prevalent as, you know, my kids get back into school and we dive back into more of the like topics of this podcast, but I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what resonated with you. I would love to just chat with you guys. Head on over to Instagram. My handle over there or my name is just Lauren underscore Francois. You can find it in the show notes. If you're interested in the human design readings, learning more about your human design, again, all that information is in the show notes as well. And I would be honored to read your human design chart for you and help you better understand how you're really meant to operate in this world. And that's what I've got. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either. So I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars. And with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I'd love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.